Simple topics, expert opinions. We've got you covered. This is No Pressure, Just Chill Conversations, the PGS podcast on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcast. Today, let's talk about glaucoma then and now. Hello, everyone. If this is your first time joining us, I'd like to reintroduce you to the podcast. No Pressure, Just Chill Conversations, launched in commemoration of the 25th anniversary of the Philippine Glaucoma Society. I'm Nico. This month, just us on a bit of a break, but still with me today is Carlo. Hi, Carlo. Hello. Hi, Nico. So, sa mga fans si Jessa, sorry, wala siya ngayon. So, hopefully, we can have her back in the next um, podcast. Mm-hmm. So, this week, the national elections were held, which marks a bit of a monumental shift for everyone. And... Now we look forward to the future and see how things go for us. But for now, I think uh, let's take a bit of a pause and look back instead. So still in line with our commemoration of the 25th anniversary of the PGS, today we will be discussing how glaucoma has changed through the past 25 years. Today we have two perfect guests here tonight who have lived through all of the changes and progress in the landscape of glaucoma. Carlo, do you want to introduce them? Oh, it's my great pleasure to introduce our special guests for tonight. So both of our guests are among the most recognizable names in the field of glaucoma, not just in the country, but also internationally, with their careers spanning decades. They've trained both here and in the U.S. and have presented all over the world since then. They've also trained and fostered generations of ophthalmologists, us included, Quite frankly, they've seen it all, especially in terms of glaucoma development here in the Philippines, which makes them the perfect guests to talk about the evolution of glaucoma management in the past 25 years. Welcome to the podcast, Drs. Norma Aquino and Dr. Ted Gonzalez. Welcome. Yeah. All right. Thank you, so I'm just gonna... thank you, Carlo. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. So I'm just going to jump right in. So it's been like, if we look back at the 25 years, I'm sure a lot of things have changed. But to you personally, what is the most striking difference in glaucoma management then and now? Like, top of mind. And what are the pros and cons of this shift? Dr. Aquino, you want to begin? Well, I think the biggest difference between then and now is the availability of more options. All right? If you are talking about management, you are talking about a lot of options as far as drugs are concerned as far as laser therapy is concerned, and as far as surgical therapy is concerned. Big, big difference in a span of 30 years. All right. Dr. Gonzalez, you want to yeah. share your thoughts? Um, I find it's funny because you said that for the past 25 years. The truth of the matter is I've been in practice for more than 25 years, so 30 years. And uh, for me, the most, you know, there's only one most important thing that really changed everything for me is our ability to assess the optic nerve. Because when I was training, you have to realize that we were still using the tangent screen and we didn't have any automated perimetries. We didn't have OCTs. We drew the nerve. You know, Dr. Aguto was very strict about drawing all the features there and you know you have to be sure that it represented more or less what you actually saw but considering that we were training 
it's very likely that somebody else will follow that patient up. And so there was really no permanent record of any consistency. And I think that has been the biggest change because that pack actually altered our ability to manage glaucoma together with the new developments in medications and surgery. So we'll circle back to your answer, Dr. Gonzalez. But first, I just want to quickly go back to Dr. Aquino's um, answer. So you said the availability and the options are the biggest change. So what would you say are the pros and cons of this? Does it make, I mean, yes, you've got your options, but does this also make management just a bit more tricky or a bit more gray, if you know what I mean? It's not so black and white now. All right, let me say that as far as having pros and cons are concerned, as far as the availability of options are concerned, I don't think there are any cons. Everything is pro because it helps the doctor discover the disease as early as possible. It helps the doctor monitor the disease as best as he can give. All right. So to me, it is all pro and uh, hardly any cons as far as all these developments is concerned. Well, maybe if you consider the fact that this technology is even up to this time, not yet really widely available, you know, uh, the difference between the, the haves and the have nots also, uh, show its ugly head as far as the availability of this technology is concerned, maybe that's a con, all right? So, you know, how we wish everybody would have access to all of these in an equal manner, no? But unfortunately, the people in the big city, the people in the richer country will have more access to this as compared to the rest. So we circle back to Dr. Gonzalez. What would you say are the pros and cons of the evaluation of the nerve now. Yeah, I agree with Dr. Norman that there's almost all good things that arose from this. But obviously, in a country like ours, the con is it's more expensive. It's not proved to be more costly for the patient because we now really do have a better way of assessing the optic nerve, but these don't come cheap. No? Unlike before, when you just order the resident to do a tangent screen or to draw the, the eyes, fairly inexpensive. But nowadays, if you really have a glaucoma practice, I would suggest that you actually have to own the equipment that you are using. Anyway, we can discuss that later. So the most important con is the cost that is going to entail not only from private markets, but also from the public. Yeah, to touch on the um, technology, aside from it being, maybe we can admit that there's uh, some difficulty of access for some others. So a bit tangent to that, do you think that like for us who grew up studying glaucoma, already having the OCT, already having the the automated visual field tests. Do you think that maybe our generation might be a bit too dependent on the tests? Like, di na kami kasing galing mag-evaluate ang nerve, aantayin na lang namin yung OCT. Is that a skill that maybe we should practice more? Or, like, do you think that we're lacking already in the clinical evaluation and maybe we're getting a bit too dependent on the tests? Or is it is the test a good good idea to have in the first place anyway? No, definitely uh you're better off now 
that you have this uh, equipment with you. Know? Now, you know, there were studies in the past which tried to see the, cons- the agreement between non-ophthalmologists, I mean, ophthalmologists, non-glaucoma specialists, and glaucoma specialists when it came to assessing cup dyspratios, damage to the nerve, et cetera. And, you know, it was found out that in many cases, it was just as good as guessing. Mm-hmm. So really, I don't think um, there's um, any reason to say that we did it better in the past because we took more time to standardize. That's not really true. That there was just not enough uh, objective, objectivity to the procedures that I would say would justify uh, going back to those uh, technology. Carlo, I would just like to add that I agree that your generation is very lucky having to have all these at your disposal, all right? But your generation should also not be so dependent on this technology. I, I suggest that you and the coming generation, despite the technology being available, should also still develop your clinical skills. I mean... You need to know how to do gonioscopy. You need to know how to do fundoscopy. You know, you need to assess the clinical findings using your own eyes and processing it in your brain. I do not want you to be solely dependent on what the machine will tell you. You know, if the machine tells you that your cup ratio is such and such, you know, you will have to verify it with what you actually see in the slit lamp using your 90 diopter lens. So the technology and the clinical skill will have to complement each other. You cannot rely, as Ted said, purely on clinical skill because there are better ways to do things using machines, but you can also not be totally dependent on technology. So, so that's, that's where we are now. It's important to strike a balance. Sir, no, we have the technology, but let's not forget our clinical skills. So. Correct. Yeah, thank you for that advice. Very important for, especially for those in training, whether in residency or in fellowship. So aside from these changes and shifts in diagnostics, what are some of the big uh, changes in the field of the management options that we now have, especially surgically, that have, uh, I mean, top of mind, that, are, that have impacted the way you manage your patients? Well, the, the advent of simple microsurgery in doing your glaucoma surgery vastly improves uh, the success rate of your surgery. The use of your anti-metabolites has now been recognized to be a landmark development as far as increasing success rates. It starts from that. Remember, nung araw, wala kaming masyadong gamot na ginagamit ni Ted. Hanggang diamox lang kami. At pag hindi na umandarang acetazolamide, filter na yon. Eh ngayon, ang daming lumabas na ibang gamot na can tide you over. That is a big difference. Well, I do agree no, that the new modalities of management treatment, including microsurgery, medications, etc., has a very important role to play. For me, the most important change that I feel has uh, come about and came about, really, is that, you know, our ability to follow up these patients with uh, nerve damage has become so much better than just, okay, as an example, when you look at 
photographs nowadays. You'll be surprised at how facial recognition can isolate faces from even the background and be able to recognize who that person is, which tells you that there is now technology that should be able to be able to determine uh, progression better than even the best of us now. What I'm saying is this. In the past, I believe, because we didn't have that ability, we tended to either under-treat or over-treat. As a matter of fact, I feel that a lot of our patients were being over-treated at the time when we were just basing our diagnosis on pressure. However, as our ability to, be, to, to see glaucoma damage progression, both structurally and functionally improves over time, especially with artificial intelligence, with our ability to rec keep records and data over long periods, and being able to see subtle changes and you know, coming up with algorithms that recognize progression. I think that we will be able to reduce the incidence of overtreatment, which I feel is a scourge, <laughs> basically, because many of our, our pharmacy, pharmaceutical partners tend to push medications to the untrained. So they right. tend to, I, I'm, I'm sure you know this. You follow up patients who are overdiagnosed, overtreated with complications, and you know, they didn't really need to be that aggressively treated. And why were they treated that way? Because the doctors who were looking at them didn't know how to use the current technology to be able to have some degree of confidence that they were just giving enough for the patient and not too much. So what I do nowadays, I, I always start from scratch as much as possible. I get a baseline, I do the necessary test, and I tell the patient, we're talking about open angle glaucoma here, okay? I tell the patients that we can monitor you and see the most important thing is, do you have it? And is it progressing? And if it is progressing, how fast is it progressing? It's possible for us to do that better now than ever before. And knowing that, then we should tailor or tailor our treatment and management so that we can at least know that when we do it, it's because we really know the patient would have progress and not because we are trying to prevent something that's never gonna happen. Including this ease of doing microsurgery, for example, it's just so easy to do. That is sometimes you say, okay, let's just put it in and anyway, you know, and just you're there already. You know, it's the added cost. But the question I always ask is, how do you know that the patient really needed that? without the necessary information that we gathered over time. Based on my experience as a provincial doctor, I think there has been too many of those patients. And I hope at least the PGS can at least try to have a more open discussion of the fact that many patients are being overtreated. So now that we have so many options and evolutions now, um, I want to know actually what is one aspect of glaucoma management in the past that you wish um, those treating um, glaucoma today would have more of? Yeah, I, I got this question earlier and I thought I had an answer. But now I realize that really, <laughs> um, perhaps if there's anything that 
uh, we should, as Norman pointed out, we shouldn't lose our ability to connect with our patient because this is a lifelong disease. And I have patients I've been following up for more than 25 years, definitely. So I know that the reason why they keep coming back to me is because early on, I made an effort to make them understand what they had and what to expect. And I used the technology available to me to guide them over the years. And so sometimes if we you know, are in a bit of a, when you're very young and we're doing a lot of surgeries, we're doing FACO, we're doing cataract surgery, we do other things, our ability to make a connection with that patient may, may not be as good as it was in the past, maybe. I, I agree fully with that. You know, I don't know if it is a change in this generation because in the past, we really took a lot of chair time to explain to our patients and establish that, as Ted said, the connection. Because to me, that is part of therapy. Them understanding their disease, them understanding and appreciating why they need to come back to the doctor and why do they need you know, monitoring through time. If this were not explained by the doctor well, then, you know, something is going to go wrong along the line. Again, very good point, Ted. I agree with you. The young people have to learn to establish that doctor-patient relationship. So, sir, growing along those lines, since we're talking about patient and doctor relationship and about connections, um, we were thinking about asking you about the other way around, have the patient's attitudes um, towards glaucoma changed? Like, for example, um, are they, were they more knowledgeable before? Or are they more knowledgeable definitely, now? Definitely, the internet has changed All right. uh, the way you practice. Because they can really just easily tell you, oh, I saw it online, etc. You know, you see all this social media has altered our ability to to talk to our patients and to gain their trust. I don't know. I'm sure Norman saw this. Unfortunately, there are patients who would believe the internet more than their doctors and even question, you know, what you are telling them or, uh, you know, or even give you suggestions how to treat them. (laughs) You know, sabi nga nila, si Dr. Google. Mm -hmm. That's Uh, right. (laughs) That is the other side of the story. But at the same time, it really makes it also very important very important that we keep ourselves uh, current. You know, because what, what, I, what I do for you know for something, sir, you know, they, they ask about rock inhibitors and all that. That's why, you know, what I do for certain patients, I, I, I give them a, a list of words or phrases and I tell them, do your homework, check with Google and see if what I'm telling you, Google agrees to. Okay, so that's what I do. Mm. So parang double-edged sword siya, yeah. Of course, yes, 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 yes. But the, the other thing also, the patient, you know, so patients also now have a better ability to, you know, talk about you and your, your you know, they, they can mm. spread it among their friends, okay. etc. And sometimes, yeah. they may not always know the true story and they can create you know, and the wrong impression about you and, and all that, which can erode patient confidence. So it's a dangerous time 
for for <laughs> us uh, in in a sense because we really just like you know what happened during the election. Correct. Sometimes the the truth is not always you know not evident. So that's the danger. And with on that note, I think this is a perfect time to conclude our podcast. I'd like to thank. Dr. Ted Gonzalez and Dr. Norman Aquino. Unfortunately, our time only allows us to discuss so much, but I think in the 20 minutes that we've been talking, we've gotten a lot of perspective from then and now. It's a very timely conversation, and we'd like to thank you guys. Carl, do you have any more words before we? Yeah, say I, goodbye? I hope um, I hope a lot of the residents and fellows and other trainees are listening because a lot of great advice we got from this. From this session, not just applicable to glaucoma, but in ophthalmology practice and maybe even general medicine practice itself. So I hope um, if you were if you were touched or inspired by this by this podcast, and I'd ask everyone to please share it with your um, co trainees because there's really a lot of learning to pick up from this podcast. So we thank um, our pillars of glaucoma of the Philippines and internationally so much for giving us their valuable time to give us this very very just simply put great advice for the current generation and the next and like all our previous podcasts this is just the, this is just a starting point so if, to all our listeners if you have any questions comments or concerns that involve glaucoma or ophthalmology in general please feel free to message any of us and maybe we can help and that includes any of to- any topics that you might want to hear from our podcast you still got a lot on the pipeline and with that we'd like to thank you for listening once again this has been no pressure just chill conversations the pgs podcast this has been carlo and nico thank you so much dr ted and dr norman and we'll see you again next month bye